is a Woodside Church podcast. Good morning, everyone. This is the second time I've preached up here, um, but I'm still pretty much exactly the same in terms of nervousness. <laughs> so bear with me. Might be a little bit shaky. Um, but yeah, I believe that God's got something really exciting for us this morning. Um, we can already see from, I mean, just the time of worship that God has just been moving um, and speaking to us. And isn't that just really exciting that the true living God comes and, and wants to be with us, wants to live with us, and uh, wants to connect with us? And so, yeah, this morning I want to just bring, bring his words. Uh, I want to facilitate that, and um, hopefully we can, we can learn together and uh, yeah, just experience some of his goodness together. Um, so yeah, the topic I'm speaking on today is God speaks to a boy. And I think this is a really simple topic, um, but it sort of forms the basis of our Christian life. Um, so I'm going to be continuing on from the Samuel series, uh, and I'm going to be doing uh, 1 Samuel chapter 3. Uh, so I'd start things off by reading the passage. Um, I'm going to be reading from the NLT version. That's just the version I read at home. I find easy. So, yeah, here we go. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare, and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not gone gone out yet, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied. What is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time. And once more, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, Go and lie down again, and if someone calls again, say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Sam, Oh, sorry. (laughs) Uh, So Samuel went back, back to bed, and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And, the Lord rep- and Samuel replied, Speak, your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I am about to do a shocking thing in Israel. I am going to carry out all my threats against Eli and his family from beginning to end. I have warned him that judgment is coming upon his family forever because his sons are blaspheming God and he hasn't disciplined them. So I have vowed that the sins of Eli and his sons will never be forgiven by sacrifices or offerings. Samuel stayed in bed until morning, then got up and opened the doors of the tabernacle as usual. He was afraid to tell Eli what the Lord had said to him, 
But Eli called out to him, Samuel, my son. Here I am, Samuel replied. What did the Lord say to you? Tell me everything. And may God strike you and even kill you if you hide anything from me. So Samuel told Eli everything. He didn't hold anything back. It is the Lord's will, Eli replied. Let him do what he thinks best. As Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him, and everything Samuel said proved to be reliable. And all Israel, from Dan in the north to Bathsheba in the south, knew that Samuel was confirmed as the prophet of the Lord. And the Lord continued to appear at Shiloh and gave messages to Samuel there at the tabernacle. So, today I want to bring out three points from this passage. Firstly, God desires to speak with us. Secondly, God will reveal himself to us if we are willing to listen. And thirdly, when God speaks to us, we need to be obedient. So let's dive into the first point. God desires to speak with us. God was calling out to Samuel by his name. God knew Samuel and he wanted Samuel to know him. We can see God's intention to communicate right from the start of creation. He was communicating regularly with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Now, after the fall, when Adam and Eve were hiding from God because of their sin and shame, we find that God reached out to them, calling, where are you? We find that God reaches out to his people time and time again throughout the Old Testament. In Luke chapter 15, in the parables of the lost sheep and the lost coin, Jesus teaches about how God pursues his people. And in Luke chapter 19, Jesus goes on to say, for the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. It's clear that God constantly wants to reach out to us and connect with us. But how does that look like in our lives? He speaks to us through his word, through his family, and through dreams and visions. I'm sure that there are many of us here who can speak about instances in their life where God has spoke with them or revealed things to them. So when we feel like God is speaking with us, we should prayerfully wait and ask him for confirmation that it really is his voice. Sometimes the message is clear. Sometimes it's not so clear. So therefore, the need to prayerfully wait. If we're unsure, we can always check it out with someone else who's more mature than us. A very important thing to know, however, is that God's message is generally within the confines of his revealed word. In Matthew 23, verse 37, we see Jesus' passion for his people as he cries out, How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. God has such a deep desire to connect with us and reside with us. But what does God mean when he says, you wouldn't let me? I think it would be useful for us to reflect on that. So, sorry. Let me move to my second point. 
God will reveal himself to us if we are willing to listen. God was calling out to Samuel while Samuel did not know him yet. Even though Samuel grew up in the tabernacle, he didn't know who God was. At first glance, this appears to be a bit of a surprising fact. How can a boy who was constantly around the ark of God, who grew up with priests, not know God? He had a great heart to serve God, and he assisted Eli in the daily works of the tabernacle, but he didn't have a personal relationship with God. Now, there's a big difference between these two statements, knowing about God and knowing God personally. For example, I'm a big fan of Bruno Mars. I love singing his songs, I love dancing like him, I sometimes even copy his looks, but I do not know Bruno Mars. <laughs> Some outrageous laughs for copying his looks there. Um, I don't, I don't know Bruno Mars. I've never spent time with him. I've never uh, chatted to him. I've never met him personally. I would say that my relationship with God used to be a lot like my relationship with Bruno Mars. Completely superficial. Growing up, um, sorry, where am I? I was happy enough to know about God rather than truly getting to know who he is. I enjoyed reading cool stories uh, from the Bible and singing songs in church, but I just really didn't have that desire to know who he was. That all changed in the last year. For the first time, I recognized God reaching out to me. God used my family and my church family to surround me with a love during a time where I felt like I was the furthest away from him. I was encouraged to spend time with him and to be receptive to him. From then on, my prayer has been, Father, I want to know who you are. Please reveal yourself to me. The importance wasn't in the words that I chose, but it was in the way that my heart truly longed after him. I can identify with David when he says in Psalms 42, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. And in James 4, verse 8, it says, come close to God, and God will come close to you. From then on, God started healing my soul, and he solidified my identity in him. I finally felt like I was on solid ground. The sense of belonging to him and being fully accepted by him completely changed my life. And it was a two-way process. God reached out to me, and I reached out to God. He softened my hard heart with his love to the point where I could admit, I need you, Father, here I am. Anyone here who is feeling the Spirit of God calling out to them right now I ask you to respond to his calling. Open your heart to him and get to know who he truly is. And you will feel the peace of God completely fill your life. I encourage you to pray like this. Father, I want to know you and I want to experience your presence. Please reveal yourself to me. If you're having these thoughts, 
I think it would be useful to speak to someone at the end of the meeting. So, I thought we should look at what it means to spend time in God's presence. So I'm going to talk about my own quiet time, my tea time. The first thing I do when I wake up these mornings is I go to the kitchen and I grab my favorite mug. This is my favorite mug right here. Yeah. Uh, and I make myself a tea. Now this mug actually used to be my mum's favorite mug, um, but it came in a pair and one of them got broken. And so obviously my mum and dad have to drink out of identical mugs. Uh, so they couldn't no longer use this mug and this became my favorite mug. Um, uh, they now also have their own identical mugs, so all is, all is calm. Um, but uh, yeah, so this is, this is my mug. I, I make myself a tea and I go sit in my room uh, in front of my window uh, that looks out across the back garden. Um, these are the times where God and I have our many chats about life. Um, I often just sit there and admire his creation all around me, and that pretty much always leads to praise. During this time, I, will, I also bring my, my worries and my concerns to him, knowing that time after time, he brings me peace and hope within those situations. This is followed by reading the Bible, I can't really begin to describe the way in which God's word becomes alive when we open our heart to him. However, I can say that it has been fundamental in getting to know my heavenly father. There are days that I feel like um, that time in the morning could have been spent sleeping uh, for just a little bit longer. But by prioritizing time with God, it affirms my dependence on him and he honors that, and he uses that time to bless me. Now, before this time with God became a habit, I'd often pray every night asking God um, to help me wake up early and to feel refreshed so that I could spend some good time with him. More often than not, I'd actually wake up a minute or two before my alarm went off. I come back to this prayer from time to time when I feel like life's busyness reprioritizes my life um, and my time with God becomes compromised. Of course, God has answered my prayers in this area um, so faithfully, since he knows how much I need that time with him. Now, my dad would often say, ask a lot of questions of yourself. Why, what, when, where, how? Today, I'm asking you, I'm encouraging you to ask this question of yourself. What is hindering me from listening to God's voice? Is it the busyness of life? Is it just being too focused on myself and my needs? Is it my ego? Is it maybe my pre-existing ideas about life? Maybe it's my career. Maybe it's my friends or family, or maybe it's social media. Now, none of these things are bad in themselves, but when they creep up the priority ladder, that's when they tend to become a little bit problematic. I can definitively say that age is not a factor 
that should hinder us from listening to God. Samuel was only a boy when he, heard, when he, he started to listen to God's voice. He was maybe only 12 or 13. Age is definitely not a factor. No matter who you are, where you come from, God wants and desires to speak with you, to connect with you, and to reside with you. So, that brings me to my third and final point. When God speaks to us, we need to be obedient. Samuel was faithful with God's word. Even though it was a difficult message, he didn't hold anything back from Eli. The passage goes on to say, the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. His relationship with God allowed him to confidently bring God's word to others around him. As children of God, we have a duty to bring God's word to all of those around us. Even though it can sometimes make us or others feel uncomfortable, uncomfortable ultimately, God's word will achieve its purpose. In James 1, verses 22 to 25, it says, But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look, what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you've heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Obedience in the world's eyes is the complete opposite of freedom. The world teaches us that in order to be really free, we need to be self-reliant and independent. However, we see that in God's kingdom, being dependent on him and his word truly sets us free. That is why we need to spend time meditating and reflecting on his word so that we don't forget who he is or what he is trying to tell us. By continually submitting to his word, it will have a, have a powerful effect on freeing up our lives. His word is the perfect mirror. It reveals our innermost thoughts and desires. But God just doesn't give us the diagnosis. He also gives us the treatment. He has given us his Holy Spirit to come live with us. His Holy Spirit is constantly working in our lives. It is his work and not ours. It is through his strength and not through our strength. But that doesn't mean we have a passive role to play. When the Holy Spirit brings convictions, we have to step out in faith and make those hard choices. Our Heavenly Father only wants to build us up so we can be confident in him, in his word, and in his work in our lives. So to conclude, church, let's be a people who are constantly waiting to hear God's voice, knowing fully that God desires to speak with us. Let us be a people who seek the heart of God and who are sensitive to his Holy Spirit, knowing fully that God will continue to reveal himself in new and wonderful ways. And let us be a people who are ready to get up and go 
and follow him when he calls. Let us be obedient to his voice. While Samuel was addressing Israel near the end of his story, he told them, I will teach you the way that is good and right. This way has been revealed to us in all of its completeness. Jesus says himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the gate, and all who come through, all who come through him will be saved. And not only is Jesus the gate, but he is the good shepherd. He sacrifices his life for his sheep, since he cares for them. The sheep recognize his voice and come to him, and he calls his sheep by name and leads them out. Let us be a people who recognize his voice and who follow him. Let us be one flock together with one good shepherd. Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.